Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves that we can as we serve our Lord. Today's podcast, I want to talk about questions to ask yourself while dating. Questions to ask yourself while dating. You know, I was thinking about this, and, I, and when I was thinking about the questions to ask, I was, um, I was kind of thinking, man, I wish I could have did this better. You know, I wish I could have did this better. You know, but you learn and you grow and you try to become better, uh, better for the next time. And so, these questions are questions that you must seriously consider uh, when you're dating somebody in order uh, for that dating period to lead into marriage, right? And so the great thing about the scripture and what we talk about and the name of this podcast, when the scripture becomes real, is that the scripture pertains to everything for life and godliness. And so the scripture has all the answers, even for our dating life. Okay. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now we're going to, we're going to look at three main questions, but under those questions, there's going to be sub questions. Okay, so you're gonna have to just just bear with me here, okay? Because these are some questions that uh, we're gonna ask ourselves to see what we're doing, okay? So, question number one: Can I see myself with him slash her for the long term? You know, I a lot of times, um, you know, especially in high school and in college, and then it kind of seeped into the church where people just to date, just to have fun, you know, people just to date people, uh, just to be with somebody, you know, people date people, uh, just to have a buddy, you know, literally that's what it was said. So I can just have someone to hang out with. I'm tired of being by myself. Well, what's really the purpose of it? You know, the purpose of dating is not just to have a fun time. It's fun to do things while you're dating, no doubt. But that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is, can I see myself with him or her for the long term? Now, here's some of the sub questions underneath that. Number one, and we're talking about this is what you should be thinking as a Christian person. Okay, so whether you're a guy or a girl, this is what you should be thinking about. Here's the first sub question. Does he or she love the Lord more than me? That's a big one. Does he or she love the Lord more than he or she loves me? Well, well, why would you want him or her to love the Lord more than you? Because in a marriage, is marriage always perfect? No. Well, how do you know that? Because it's two imperfect people entering into a perfect institution and so you've got this person who's always handled things one way then you've got this person who's always handled things one way and they come together so when they come together what's going to happen there's going to be some natural clash because two 
are becoming one, right? That's what marriage is. So when we ask the question, can I see myself with him or her for the long term? Or does she love the Lord more than me? What happens, girls, when a guy just does what a guy does? A guy doesn't understand what you're going through. A guy uh, just doesn't get it sometimes in marriage. What are you going to do as a Christian girl? Are you going to complain about him to your friends? Are you going to complain about him to your family? Are you going to talk about him behind his back? I can't believe he's doing this again. I can't. Or because you love the Lord and because you're long suffering, are you going to treat him with respect because the Lord requires you to do that? You see, here's the thing. When you love the Lord more than you love that person, even when the person does things that are wrong to you, even when the person doesn't do what you want them to do in a sense, you're still going to treat them the right the right way. Why? Because you love the Lord more than you love them. And so you're just going to do what the Lord wants you to do. And so here's the second question. What is he or she doing in the Lord's kingdom? You ever think about that? You know, when you're dating a person and let's say you're dating another Christian person. Okay. A person that says that they are a Christian. What are they doing? Are they just coming to service? Are they just showing up to the building? Are they just coming to the activities? What are they literally doing for the kingdom? Is, is she evangelizing? Does she study? Does she exemplify the life of Christ? Is she teaching? Is she learning from older women? Or does she think she knows everything? Or or is, is he teaching? Is he leading? Is he humble? Does he teach the class? You know, what are you got to think about those things? What are you really doing in the kingdom? What am I doing in the kingdom? Right? Because that's what we do, right? If two Christians come together, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be working together in the kingdom, right? And so you got to ask yourself that question. What is he doing? What is she doing in the Lord's kingdom? Another question. Will he or she support me in my work? And this is more of a question for the guys. Because as guys, the Lord has made us natural leaders. So you got to ask yourself, will this girl support me in my work well well, let's look at our first example turn to uh genesis chapter 2 and again with this podcast we use the scripture um to to make our points we use the scripture to to help us out and what we're dealing with okay so in genesis chapter 2 am i the right one no uh chapter 7 a little ahead of myself genesis chapter 7 that's where i want to go now she's not talked about a lot and her name is not mentioned. But what she did here was huge. Think about this. At this time, before we start in Genesis 7, we have uh, the earth when it started to become wicked. And man started to do things that was right in his own eyes. And so then the Lord decided that he would bring the flood. Then you have Noah. And he tells Noah, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to build this ark and get the animals and put them in two by two. And then I'll tell you what to do. And you got to think about what's happening here. The earth at this time has never seen rain. 
Because remember, in Genesis, I believe, chapter 1 or 2, remember, the dew of the earth watered everything. And so there was no purpose for rain at this time. But God said there's going to be a flood. And so God gives Noah this giant task. God gives Noah this huge task, right? And Noah had to have a lot of faith to go build this ark. But I want you to notice what happens here in chapter 7. Watch verse number uh, number 4. And we're going to read down to verse, uh, verse 7. Now watch what happens here. For yet seven days I will cause it to rain on the earth. Forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years when the flood of the waters was upon the earth. Watch this. Verse 7. And Noah went in and his sons and who? And his wife. Even though they haven't seen rain. Even though this idea seems crazy. If God told Noah to do it. Guess who supported it? Guess who supported Noah? Mrs. Noah. You see, here's the thing about, and I'm just speaking for myself as a preacher. Sometimes I'm required to do things that even my wife maybe might not understand. I'm required to do things that aren't easy. I'm required to do things that when I do them, I know people won't like them. I'm required to do that. But... Will she support me when I do what I have to do? And that's what Mrs. Noah did for Noah. Did she ask a bunch of questions? Did she say, well, Noah, you're crazy. What is rain? We've never, me and my sons are staying here. You're not taking my boys on that boat. You can, you can go by yourself. What did she do? It said Noah went in, his sons went in, and his wife went in. And then notice, then their wives went in. Because their wives trusted Noah's wife. You see how that's, it works together. But will she support me in my work? What's the next example? Think about, um, think about Abram. Jump over to, to Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 12. Here's another example. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And it said, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So wait a second. I'm Abram. I've got my family here. I'm with my physical family. I'm comfortable where I am. Then one day the Lord says, look, I want you to get up. I want you to take everything you have. I want you to leave your family's house and your father's house. And I just want you to go. Guess who had to support Abram at this time? Sarah, do you see Sarah saying, well, what are you, my family's here. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I was born here. I've got roots here. I, the Lord can maybe do something with us here. Like, why do we have to, why do we have to, why do we, do you hear her saying those things? We can imply what does Sarah do? All right, Abram, I trust you because the Lord said we should do it. I'm going to do it because I love God and because I love you. Do you see why now that we say does she love or does he or she love the Lord more than me? 
Because when the Lord requires your man to do something that you may not understand, guess what you're still going to do? Because you love God, you're going to follow him. Why? Because he loves God. If she doesn't love God, when you're required to do something that God tells you to do, she's not going to do it. Why? Because she's only thinking about who? Herself. And vice versa, right? And so that's why we ask these questions. You need to ask these questions for yourself. Can she be a good helpmeet for me? Can she do that? And then here's the last sub question. Can he, this is for you ladies, can he be a godly leader for me? Question. Ladies, do you want someone, and let's say this guy's a Christian. Do you want someone who can just give you everything? Oh, you need some money? Here you go, babe. Oh, you need a new car? Here you go, babe. Oh, you want this new house? Here you go, babe. That's that's great for a while. But then, if he doesn't give you the spiritual things, and he gives you everything physically, you're going to start craving some other stuff. And so, do you want someone who could just give you everything? Or do you want someone who can give you those spiritual things? Well, well what's an example of that? Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And this guy, I love this guy. He's not talked about a lot. We overlook him like crazy. But this guy is just, he's an amazing godly leader. Now, I want you to notice Matthew chapter 1. And I love this text because this is the first, one of the first texts that I had to memorize uh, at the school of preaching with the late brother Elkins. And he loved this text. And this is the first thing he's always made his students memorize was Matthew chapter 1. Verses 18 through 25, right? But I want you to notice when we talk about the birth of Jesus, the two people that we talk about the most is Jesus and Mary. But the one person that we forget is Joseph. Notice this, ladies. Notice this godly leader. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was a spouse or together with Joseph, before they came together, before they were married, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, what does it say? Being what type of man? Being a just man. So think about Joseph's situation. Let, actually, before we think about Joseph's situation, let's think about what some guys would do today. <clears throat> let's say that hypothetically this could happen. To where this guy is with you. You guys haven't been together. You guys haven't had relations. But you end up pregnant out of nowhere. You've had no relations at all. What would most guys do today? <laughs> it was nice to meet you. I appreciate everything. I'm going to go. You know, you know, I'm going to go. Maybe we should see other people. You know what I'm saying? You think that's what will happen today? Think about the pressure that's on Joseph. Think about all the things going through his mind. And remember, you got to think about the culture. The culture then was if you had um, a child out of wedlock, the woman was looked down upon in society. And so think about all the things going through Joseph's mind. Dude, what am I going to do? I haven't had sexual relations with this girl. She's pregnant. I don't know how she's pregnant, number one. Then number two, if other people find out, then people are going to look down on her. What what should I do? 
Notice what this godly and just man does. Then Joseph being a just man. And notice. Look what the text says. And not willing to make her a public example. What can I do to protect her image? What do I have to do? He was minded to put her away privily. Verse 20. Or verse 20. And while he thought on these things. Another thing of a godly leader. He always thinks about things. Right? He always thinks about things. And while he thought about it, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. Marry thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. Then notice he listens to God. Here's the thing about a godly leader, women. Even if you don't understand what he's doing, he's going to listen to God. And you have to trust him because he loves God. That's why we talked about what we talked about before. Do you love God more than me? Then notice, watch this. Let's jump down to verse 24. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. You see, that's a good leader, isn't it, ladies? He's put in an impossible situation. Most situations where most guys would run from. And guess what he does? First of all, he wants to protect you and your image. Then second... Then he thinks about it. Then third, he asks God, what should I do? Then God talks to him. That's what a godly leader is. Ladies, don't you want that in a guy? Don't you want that in, in a godly leader? I hope you do. Now, here's the second question with sub-questions. When you're dating someone, when, when you're dating someone, what do I have to offer him or her? You got to think about that question. What do I have to offer him? What do I have to offer her? Well, what do you mean? Can I take care of her? Can I take care of this girl? Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And let's go back to where we started. In Genesis chapter 2, before Eve is even on the scene, I want you to notice how God prepares Adam. And look at verse number 15 of chapter 2. And the Lord God took the man, Adam... And he put him in the garden of Eden, notice, to do what? To dress it and to keep it. Then, if you jump down to verse number 19, and out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, he was the name thereof. So guess what Adam had before Eve was even on the picture? In the words of my dad, he had a J-O-B. He had a job. Ladies. So, so ladies, what is, um, what is he doing? What is he really doing? Now, remember before we talked about, you know, him giving you everything. Now, being a husband, you are to provide. So you want your wife to have nice things. You want your wife to have those things. But from most of the problems that I hear, when people come to, um, when people come to me, when people come to dad and, you know, I kind of, I got to sit there and, you know, we got to listen to what they're talking about. Most of these ladies, I'm talking about, these are Christian, Christian ladies with Christian dudes. They say, well, my husband doesn't love me. And he goes, well, what do you talk about? I don't love you. I give you, I give you all this, this money. You got a nice car. You, you got nice clothes. You got a nice house. 
You have food, so how can you say, I don't love you? You see, that's what some guys think. Well, if I just give her stuff, if she looks good, if she has money in her pocket, she knows I love her, you know? That's great. But there's so much more to love than that, than marriage, right? But here, one thing that that Adam did have was he did have a job. That's part of being a provider is you got to be able to provide for your family. And that's what Adam was able to do once Eve got on the scene. He was able to provide for Eve. So so can your 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 man provide for you, right? So can I take care of her? Then number 2, you got to ask yourself this. Where am I financially? Where am I financially? Because you got to remember Remember, it's two people becoming one, right? So you got to ask yourself, what you take on, fellas, you take on what they have taken care of financially, but you also take care of what they haven't taken care of. What does that mean? Well, if they're, if they don't have any debt, if they don't have all this, well, guess what you won't have? You won't have debt and stuff because they don't have it. But if they've got school debt, if they've got this debt, if they've got that debt, if they got this financially, when you become one, guess whose debt that becomes now? Not just hers anymore. It's yours. So where am I financially? Like, can I take care of myself and another person? Like, am I able to do that? Remember, that's a part. Remember, that's not the whole thing, but that's a part of taking care of somebody. Where am I financially? Then number three. Where am I spiritually? Now, this is where most guys don't ask themselves this question. Most guys find themselves in a great place financially. And remember, ladies, I'm talking about these are Christian dudes. Christian dudes are straight financially. Driving a nice car. Got a nice job. Comes to church. Does all the stuff, right? Then you end up marrying the dude. But he's not right spiritually. He was a Christian. And he had all this stuff, right? Here's another problem that I hear in marriages. And I'm talking about these are Christian marriages. You've got, you've got a girl who dates this Christian guy. And this Christian guy, is he's got bank, right? Got money. Then he she ends up marrying her or marrying him because she's like, oh, it's a win-win. He's a Christian and he's got money. I'm straight. So they end up getting married, right? Then once they get married, then they have the problem where the guy really doesn't love her the way he should because he's just worried about giving her junk. Then when she gets tired of him giving him stuff and she wants more than just physical gifts, then he gets mad. Then she gets mad. Then once you have kids involved, then he stops coming to service. Then the kids have to decide, well, do I want to go with dad? Do I want to go with mom? What do I do? You see the problems that can stem from all this stuff? You got to ask yourself, ladies, where is this dude spiritually? Yes, maybe he claims he is a Christian. Wonderful. Maybe he comes to service. Wonderful. But where is he, though? Like, legit. Like, where is he spiritually? Like, can this dude really be what I need? And here's the thing, ladies. Sometimes the most spiritual guys aren't the guys with the nice cars. Sometimes the most spiritual guys aren't the guys who have everything financially. 
Now, I'm not saying that guys that have a lot of money can't be spiritual. I'm not saying that. That's I know a lot of guys like that. But sometimes, you know, don't just look at what they have. Or don't just look at what they can give you physically. Look at what this dude can give you spiritually. Because remember, ladies, we're talking about can this guy be a good leader? This guy's going to be the father of your kids. What do you want your kids to be? You want your kids to be just like him? You got to think about those things, right? Because marriage is the most awesome, one of the most awesome institutions that God has has, um, has built. But once you say, I do, unless it's for certain reasons that the scripture gives, you're in that for life. So that's why this is a big decision, right? So you got to ask yourself these questions. Then here's the last sub question. Am I ready to be unselfish? What does that mean? Remember, the two become one, right? So, you can't think like you're single anymore. Right now, I'm single, okay? So, right now, I can do whatever I want. I can do it whenever I want. I can spend money how I want. I can save money how I want. And I just have to think about who? I just got to think about me. But if the Lord wills, if I end up with somebody, guess what I can't do anymore? My decisions aren't just about me anymore. My money's just not mine anymore. I am not just mine anymore. I belong to somebody else, right? Girls, you're the same way. Are you ready to be unselfish? Notice this. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and let's read verse number 20 24 through 25 therefore as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything doesn't that just cover all the things we just talked about up to this point Then watch this, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. How should I do it? Even as Christ loved the church. Question, what did Christ do for the church? What did he do for her? He died, didn't he? What else did he do for her? He left the glories of heaven. Doesn't that sound unselfish? What else did he do for her? He suffered for her. He did all that stuff. Why? Because he loved her. He loved the church. So guys, I have to be ready to stop thinking about Jordan when that time happens. I got to think about her too. Then once kids get get involved, I got to think about them. I become last. It's all about them. So am I ready to be unselfish? Ladies, you're not exempt from this either. Are you ready to be unselfish? Because it's not all about you anymore either. It's not all about what, what this guy can give you. It's not about what the, if this guy can take care of you or not. It's, not. it's not just about you anymore either. Because guess what you have to do? You have to love him too. He can't just do everything and you just get there and get everything that he does. Well, it's not fair. You got to respect him. You got to love him. You have to support him. And guess what? I guarantee once you do those things, 
he's going to want to do everything for you because you support him. So are you ready to be unselfish? Then here's the third and final question. Does God approve of him or her? Does God approve of him or her? Do you ask God about him? Legit. Like, think about that for a second. Do you ask God about him? You ask God about her. Do you ask God for wisdom if you should even be with him or her? Remember with Solomon, when he asked God for wisdom, he didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for riches. What did he say? Lord, I just want to know how to lead the people right. And God gave him that wisdom. Notice this really quick. Go to James chapter 3. And I just thought of this and I wanted to bring this out to you guys. James, James chapter 1. And look at this, verse number five. And if any lack wisdom, what does it say to do? Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraid it not and it shall be given to him. So if I ask wisdom about her, if she has wisdom about me, what is God going to do? He's going to give you that wisdom. Do you ask if you should be with him or her? You see, and here's here's the last problem that I see in the church. And again, all these examples are of Christian marriages. This is what happens sometimes. Sometimes the families want them to be together. But does God want it? You see, sometimes some ladies say, well, he had everything. He had the money. My parents liked him. Everybody liked him, right? Here... Here's one sad situation that I know of, and it's sad because I know one of the kids in this, and it hurts him as the as the as the kid. You know, this this woman married a guy, right? And they married early, and they were both Christians, and he got baptized uh, for her, but at the time she didn't know that. So he says all the right things, right? Then they get married. Now, they're both Christians, right? They get married. Once they get married, the honeymoon phase is over. Then bro stops stops, uh, showing up to service. Then he starts staying at home. Then he starts staying at work more. Then now kids are involved. And now the kids love being around the church. But then sometimes they don't know what to do. Well, I love my dad. So should I listen to what my dad says who doesn't go? Or do I listen to my mom who really wants me to go? Then now the kids are conflicted. That what do I do? Then they don't know. I want to please mom. I want to please dad. I don't know. I don't know where to go. And all of this happened because of two people making the decision to get together. You kind of see why dating is not just a uh, a plaything. Dating is kind of something to where you gotta you gotta know what you're you're doing. You gotta ask yourself these questions. Because do the kids ask to be here? No. Do the kids ask to be in the situations they're put in? No. It's the it's one of the saddest things to see when you see a Christian kid, especially at camps, man. When you see these kids and they have the heart for Christ and they want to do what's right. But you know that they don't go home to the same Christian home that you go home to. They got to make difficult choices every day 
Do I listen to dad who doesn't go? Or do I listen to mom who does go? Dad gives me stuff. Mom wants me to go to service. Who? What do I... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's heartbreaking. But do you understand why marriage is so serious? So where two people come together, you're building something. You're building a home. You're building a life. And I hope that as we finish this study that you will... You will take these questions into consideration and that you'll think about these things and that I hope that and I pray, honestly, I do. I pray that all of you, the people that I know, uh, maybe if I've just gotten to know you, I hope that you'll find a great help me. I really do, because I see I see too many Christian marriages messed up and I don't want to see that for my generation. I don't want to see that for me. I don't want to see that for my friends. I don't want to see that for anybody. So I hope that once when it comes to dating that we can all just stick to what the Bible says and that we can learn to be all of the great things that we should be as husbands and all the great things that we should be as wives. Again, uh, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, on Twitter, on iTunes. Um, we're coming out with new content every day. There's new stuff coming, so we'll keep you updated. Uh, but thank you so much for the support. If you didn't see the post, we had over 200 downloads uh, over this past month, uh, we've been doing this for about a little less than a year. And so I appreciate your support, not, not, not of me, not what I do, but of the gospel and, and of you wanting to learn. And I hope that we can continue to, to learn together. Thanks.